This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 472 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. Tonight we are talking about junior riders with a great coach of junior riders, Angela Ariati. We also talk with Aaron Woodall, Director of Activities and Events for the U.S. Pony Club. And we'll finish going through first level test three for the total saddle fit tip of the week. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Reese. Hi, Phil. How are you? I'm getting a little tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think every trainer in in yeah. US and Canada and around the world, this is our this is our busy time. This We're is going very full busy. Yep, this yeah. is full steam ahead. I, I feel you too. <laughs> we have a it's big. Right. We're having fun, right? We're having fun. Yeah, we're we're working. This is this is the time we're working. So uh, bring your trainer an extra coffee every once in a while this time of year because yeah, um, caffeine yeah. is, is a very much appreciated. We That's needed it. <laughs> we need it. <laughs> yeah, we have a big show this weekend uh, here uh, in Lexington, and yeah, all my event horses are going, and and that is something I teach a lot of event horses. So. Um, I literally just get to stand and warm up tomorrow at the horse show and they just keep coming. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> that'll be, yeah, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. So all my kind of, uh, bigger horses go tomorrow. So that'll be fun to, to see them. So we were doing our last minute prep going on and, um, but yeah, actually the U S team is at Rotterdam. I think they're literally riding right now. I don't know about the well, Canadian I think they're team right now. Oh yeah, maybe they're asleep. Yeah, okay, maybe they're asleep right now. Um, but we will we'll get those results from Rotterdam from next week. Um, and uh, I did see Phil this um, past week. Walter Zettel passed away, and uh, any of you who knew Walter Zettel, he was uh, very instrumental in the U.S. Um, oh, bringing... influential in, mm-hmm. in the U.S. and Canada. In actually, Canada, um, yeah, I was training to you know about two hours away from where I live, so. Uh, we know a lot about Water Zettel here in you know in this area, and um, I think you know, I saw a lot of descriptions. Uh, you know, just a really compassionate trainer and rider, and brought positive training to dressage horses and people. And it's very sad. You know, I think he'll be greatly, greatly missed by a lot of people. Yeah, so I just wanted to mention that, and yeah, um, yeah. but uh, we have a great show. Uh, we have a junior theme uh, going on, and um, uh, we're going to hear from our first guest, Angela Ariati. Uh, and uh, I was actually at her barn last night working with a bunch of the kids to get ready for the weekend, their Pony Club Rally. So um, I hope you enjoy our discussion with Angela and how she starts all her little her little ones. I think you'll enjoy it. Well, tonight I am honored to have a good friend of mine and also someone I respect very much. Her name is Angela Ariati. She's president of Ariati Equestrian Services. She is a Pony Club A and a BHS, British Horse Society instructor, and I think one of the best people that starts kiddos that I've ever seen. Angela, welcome to the show. Thanks, Reese. Thanks, Philip. <laughs> well, well, we are. You're so happy to have you tonight because um, we're doing a whole kiddo show and I wanted you to come on because you really, um, it's very hard now in, in this day and age to find someone that really, you do all levels and stages in, in riders, but you have a wonderful program to develop youngsters. So, you know, tell us a little bit about how you got started and, and go from there. Oh, okay. Um, well, I got started, I was working for um, an instructor in California, Jenny Bryant of Equitest. She's still in business. And um, I wanted to, well, they said that you're probably not going to make it as a great writer. <laughs> so, oh, and, they but, told you that? <laughs> yeah, they told me that. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, I'm short, Philip. So, oh, um, okay. But, I wasn't aware yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, but, um, I love to teach and I, and I just really took to teaching and she gave me the opportunity and then told me that there wasn't a program in the United States at the time, but the British Horse Society was, um, I grew up in pony club 
was introduced to pony cob and pony cob is really what shaped me. Um, and I think it shaped me because of the discipline and the standards. Um, I was a little bit, I'm a little bit of an abstract person. So it really kind of guided me right into, into some type of discipline. Um, so I'm, I strongly believe in, in pony club. Um, and then that takes you, if you know about Europe, that takes you right into the British horse society standards. So I have always taught from those standards. So that's how I got started just teaching for her and then moved on from there, started her, um, beginner program. Um, so Angela, so tell us, <clears throat> you know, it's really hard, you know, as, as people are looking for an instructor for their youngster, mm-hmm. um, and as you know, I ask you, I ask Angela questions about my youngster, uh, not my, my, my sister's daughter, my niece. I'm like, you know, what are, what are some things? It's hard to find a program to get these guys started. So how do you find it? What are you looking for when you're looking for that type of program? Well, first of all, when you go to a kid's barn, it does not mean that it's sloppy or messy or anything like that, that they have high standards of horsemanship, um, very important. I go to kids' barns everywhere and, you know, it's kind of understood. Well, it's a kid's barn. So people leave their stuff around. No, no, no. My kids don't do that. (laughs) So it's (laughs) true. Her barn is spick and span, my friends. It's very important that we, you know, we put that in place, the horsemanship right from the beginning. So I really would stress that if you go visit the barn that they are talking about your kid learning how to brush the horse, your kid learning how to saddle the horse, and that there are safety measures in place, um, meaning that there's horses of various sizes and um, horses of various levels, um, and that the instructor has some sort of certification. Um, it doesn't need to necessarily be, you know, ICP, ISP, or ICP program, which is the eventing program or the dressage program necessarily but a person who's brought up in pony club or is a teacher and has knows those standards, I think is very important. I was just going to ask about um, safety as in first aid training and, uh, you know, the other aspects of um, sport safety that maybe would be talked about in other sports as well. Yes. um, So the USEF now has a sport, a safety sport initiative as well as safety, like if you're a pony club instructor, you have to have your Red Cross certification, um, you have to have your concussion certification, and all those certifications are also um, used for like coaching football. My husband's a coach of football, and he has to take the same concussion test that I have to take for pony club. So that would be something you would need to ask the instructor. It's not something you would see. And if they hesitate yeah. or waver, then, you know, they don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it's not, you know, that's the thing is that a lot of barns I've seen are not very regulated on that part unless they have Pony Club or even 4-H. And, but 4-H even here in some areas, don't you don't have to take the concussion test. You don't have to take your Red Cross test. So, you know, mm-hmm. it can get pretty vague. Right. So it's, yeah, it's good to be asking these questions. <laughs> yes. Asking those questions. Um, and you can also tell, you know, if you walk through a barn and you see fire hydrants and you see on, on their whiteboard there, especially with kids, there should be, this is the number to the police and this is how you get here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the number to the fire station and this is how you get here. Which should be That's in every really barn important. too. Actually, if you really talk about it, it should be in every oh. barn. The address, oh, absolutely. You know, that, I mean, that, I've that, been that, the barn. Yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah, that's absolutely. but even and more with children. Absolutely, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. You know, a mother who knows nothing about horses, they're just walking through the barn. These are something that they could spot easily. Mm-hmm. For sure. For right. sure. Right. Um, so beyond the, beyond the safe, so we got the safety thing. That's all good. Tell us a little bit about your philosophy of coaching and of. Uh, beginning yeah. a rider through, you know, to put so, through the paces. I noticed a long time ago that when I would started teaching more advanced riders, that they things were skipped over um, on their position very quickly. You know, we're going to teach them theory, we're going to teach them about tempo, we're going to teach them about relaxation, but you know, 
we're kind of, uh, we don't really want to go down the path of that. The hip isn't over the heel. <laughs> I mean, yeah. um, you know, they're sitting in the chair position, but do we really want to address that? I've been riding for 12 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's tough. So, I, so then, then when you do get them on a full training basis, then you're retraining something that never needed to be retrained. Mm -hmm. If, if you have the right in, if you have the instructor that goes safety fund position, then Mm -hmm. you're not going to have to, when I present my kid to you, Philip, you're not going to have to tell her too many strong position things that are obvious, like you're leg under your hip. I mean, my four-year-old right. knows where her leg goes. Right. Um, you know, and, and I think it's really important to train the mind and the body as they're growing. Number one, they are very receptive and they're in an absorbing place in their life. And so why not train that those muscles now, you know, um, do it when the kid, do it when they're flexible, body. right? And they can do yeah, it more easily, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Not when they're and, old like me. Yeah, exactly. And Angela, <laughs> yeah. you have a good way of putting it, you know, because you know I've had the the pleasure now. Angela and I have been working together for for oh, what do we say, think eight years or something? A while. Yeah. And now the kids are all like, you know, I've gone through a stage of, of kids and, and some of them are like going to college now, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> but one of the things Angela says is as they grow. You know, I, I, I go maybe, uh, I teach Angela a little more often, but the group I teach about four times a year. So I see these guys and, you know, I won't see them for, you know, six months. And I come back, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're the foot taller. And Angela goes, yeah, I haven't trained that foot yet. And so mm-hmm. I think you have a really great way of saying that. Like, I trained this part, but now they grew another four inches overnight and we have to train yeah. this part. And yeah, I that happens that's- a lot in the in the teenage years, you know they find their balance, you know, they find their balance when they're four or five or six, six, five to eight. They really, cause their body subconsciously wants to be balanced. Um, so they find it and then they can start having fun. We can take them on the fox hunt. We can take them, you know, on little jumping things. We can do hill work. We can do musical curves. We can do all sorts of fun things and then they grow. And then, <laughs> And then they grow and they know, they don't know what's wrong. They just know that it's not right. That something's not right. It's not working like it used to work. And they get really <laughs> mad and frustrated. And it's probably the horse, you know? So, <laughs> and that, I mean, it's definitely probably the horse. It's I mean, always the horse. It's always horse, right? No, it's, it's not. Always <laughs> but, but, um, but then I say, wait a second. You know, you are the one who changed. Your horse didn't grow five feet more. <laughs> you did. So now you feel different to him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and then I go back to the position statement, which they hate because, <laughs> you know, ears, hips, heels, is that in line? And they hate it because they think that's what you do when you're five years old, you know? Yeah. And this is the first time of discovering that this sport is comp- always revolving. You know, you're always evolving, right? always, always, always evolving yes. because we're changing and they're changing. We have a, um, we have kind of a morbid thing in our barn. We talk about death <laughs> a little more than <laughs> maybe most barns, okay. but, um, <laughs> okay. I know it's, it's kind of weird, but we're like, look, when you're, when you're born, once you're born and as you're evolving and once you get to your height, at that point, you're dying, your cells are dying. So you've got to keep them supple and keep them working in order so they don't die fast. <laughs> this is what we say. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it <laughs> makes sense. crazy. It makes but sense, right? But if you right? think about it too, it helps them too because, you know, either they're riding on older horses or they are, um, they're either riding on older horses that are stiff and they start learning about hollow and stiff side and, you know, why is my horse one day good and the next day not? And then they start understanding about suppleness because it's, you know, they've never experienced it in their own bodies. Right. Oh, that makes right. sense. Right. I okay. get it as I get older, okay. for sure. Does, does Philip get it? Uh, yeah, yeah, he does. He does. I've known him. I've known him long <laughs> enough now. We're, we're, we're both feeling this stiffness situation. So, so Angela, tell us, how do you, 
I mean, one of the things that I love about your barn, I was there last night and, you know, I came in and there was a camp going on and there were the kids that I were, you know, that, that were on my list. And then there was a group that was riding. I mean, how do you, I guess there's a real pipeline, but, you know, the younger kids are learning from the older kids and the older kids are helping with the camp. And how do you do all of that? Well, um, I think some of it is just, that right from the beginning we learn to respect our horses i mean we have we call them rules but we have a list of rules per se um and one of the biggest rules that we emphasize is compassion for everything living um and so they start having fun with each other because they have no choice I guess it's the best. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I mean, they have no choice. You know, you know, I jokingly say the first day of camp, we're going to go over these rules, which they have a, a, a sheet that goes to them before they come to camp. So let's say, you know, this is your first introduction. Before you come to a first lesson or a camp, you get a sheet and it has a list of rules on it. And at the bottom, the mom and the child need to sign it. And I don't care if it's a scribble. I need to see that. So the mother, the parent has that sat down and read it. these rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on the rules, it says these rules are not are for the safety of you, your child, and the horse. Um, we, we talk a lot about that horses are not, are preyed upon animals. So they learn, they learn right away what that means. And we talk about what other, some animals are prey, predators and some animals are prey. And that, um, the prey that's why it's important that we adapt and are compassionate from the world that they come from hope you guys can hear me we're getting a kentucky storm oh yeah, no, yeah it's, it's good we, we can still hear you so um what what are the rules around then you know when when the kids get a bit older about like reset helping with the camp and like how do you integrate that into your program okay so there's no rules per se on that However, because they had so much fun at camp, then they want to, they want to do that with the other kids. Now I do, um, have a working student program, which is a small working student program. It's kind of, um, an elite program, if you would, because I'm not big on having everybody. And then, then there are kids that are like, you know, we want to come for camp and hang out and help the campers. They can't just come to the barn and hang out, like sit there. Right. And, yeah, and I see that a lot in, in younger people's that, barns where people are just hanging around and yeah, no, 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 a little we disorganized. Don't yeah. No, we, there's, there's none of that. If you're <laughs> no. there, you're doing something. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, true. Because what is the, the saying, idle hands is, something yeah the devil's, um, playground. Yes, yes, the devil's kind of playground right and um and yeah we do not do that and um that that's important to me you know um now i don't force it though i don't say you know this is really important you have to volunteer and put it in a boarding thing our right. pony cub center if you're a member of pony cub you have to give to the center eight hours of volunteer work mm-hmm. but um there's a lot of times i have kids that i'm like look i we're not we don't have a big enough camp i can't tip you guys all because i usually tip them um (laughs) but i can't tip all you guys there's not enough money in the pot you know and they're like no no angela we want to come we'll do this day we'll do that day i'm like okay you know and if they don't show up Mm -hmm. because whatever you know life and their mom forgot to drive them or whatever i don't like bash them or right none of that Mm -hmm. you know it's like thank you for coming and then usually at the end of summer i try to take them i take them together to something like snowballs for an hour or ice cream or swimming or something. Just make them, or Lee makes them dinner. My husband. (laughs) He's a great (laughs) cook. We love when Lee makes us dinner. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's true. You, you really do an amazing job of, you know, kind of, everybody works together. And I think that that comes from you and, but there's a very clear structure. And I think that that's important. And, and you said that early on, uh, there's a very clear structure in, in, in what, and how you do things. I think it's important that when we do camps and when we do initial, the initial lessons that we don't have big groups, you never see my camps at like 20 or 25. I mean, right. that would be great from an economical yeah. standpoint. Yeah. Um, 
but, <laughs> um, but in reality, it doesn't produce the quality. It's just running. It's just a mill. And number one, it's very hard mentally, I think, actually more on the horses than physically. Um, and I, I don't, it just doesn't pay off, you know, pay off like in, in good things. It doesn't give me quality riders. It doesn't have the riders come back and, 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 and it breaks down horses quicker. Um, so uh, that's why we try to keep it to eight to 10. Um, and that makes it a lot more intimate, a lot more intimate. Um, and you can address problems with, you know, you can address some more personal problems, get them on the lunge line if you need to, um, that sort of thing. So, so uh, Angela, I have a bit of a tough question now. Um, I think this is mm-hmm. something that we all struggle with as coaches and, uh, you know, how do you, um, keep everything so structured and, and, and teaching great theory and teaching great positional things and keep it fun for the kids. So they stay interested and they, and you know, they want to engage in, in these things that you're, that you're trying to teach. Well, them. I am very lucky because I'm a very creative person. So the, <laughs> yeah, kids, the kids, the kids would tell you, like, I'll give you an example today. They were saying, they were saying something about crafts or they didn't like this. I go, well, give me a water bottle. And then I whip up and I make a flower out of a water bottle. And once they see me change something or do something creative, then they start getting creative. Um, right. So like with position, okay. I have a test in my mind. Okay. So I'm going to show you the correct position. I'm going to show you how to start, stop and steer. I'm going to then put you on the lunge line and have you stand over your foot, find that balance. Um, you are not to, you're not going to ride around the ring until you ride three times around moving your hands from your head, your hips and your, right. your head, hips and shoulder. Right. So with like my four-year-old, we pretend we have pretend, they love to pretend they love to pretend. So I say, put your arms out and imagine you have birds at the end of your arms. And then they lift their arms up straight over their heads to let their birds fly. So it's oh, okay. Weird mm-hmm. Okay. You get yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Then I don't, this is an old game, Philip. You might've remembered this. Um, do you, did you ever hear of the rock game? No, I never I did the rock no? game. Yeah. I don't think I ever did any oh. games. Are you guys massage riders? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we didn't do like fun. Rocks. That's the problem. You don't like rocks in your arena, right? No. No. So before all the fancy footing, the rocks used to come up through the sand. Yeah. And so we yeah, play the rock true. game, which is where they would pick up the rocks. They would go hide the rocks from their friend and their friend was standing in a circle, close their, with their eyes closed. And then we have them go walk to the rail to pick up the rocks and bring it back to the circle. Now we have all the rocks in one spot and they learned how to steer and get okay. position their pony next okay, to the rail. Yeah, they, yeah. So, and, yeah. and you can take that further where you can position them so you have to face the rock and then move your horse's haunch in a turn on the forehand okay uh, hey this is this is why phil and i do not teach little kids great ideas great ideas See, and so there there we've used the turn on the forehand we talk a lot about why these um what <laughs> this be funny. we talk a lot about that we we wrote one of the uses of our horses was in war so how would you, approaching someone, move your horse away from that person so you did not get hit by the sword? Right. Leg yield. Oh, how would you do? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Leg yield. Good job, right? <laughs> okay. Yes. So now it's not a boring leg yield. From, yeah, this you know, is awesome. And the K. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. it's, I'm going to approach my friends, so they're heading at each other, and which way are you going to leg yield? Uh-huh. And they'll hold noodles. Or they'll hold a rope or they'll hold a spoon or whatever. Do you yes. see what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> no, yeah. See, everybody, yeah, they, so they, they, there are creative people. Make it just fun. Not you just have to I. be smarter than me. Just, yeah, smarter yeah, than you us, have for to, sure. You have to really think about, well, and that's kind of, again, putting in the history of of equestrian, right? Of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of the horse. Yeah. 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 And so now we've so we've, we've identified the history, we've identified the animal part, you know, that it's preyed upon animal. Um, and 
we take the preyed upon animal to a place where, you know, okay, they socialize, you know, they're social animals. Yeah. And then we take it to, are you going to be the lead horse or not the lead horse? And when is your horse going to feel safe with food or with a lead horse with lead horse? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. See, you know? we need to be more creative. And then obviously, like, you know, like take, using Cavaletti is huge because yeah. they think they're jumping. That makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know? But don't tell him. We use Cavaletti a lot. And then Reese's theme, which this came from David O'Connor, which who knows where it came from before. But, you know, we've all used cones, but they have those little like dots Great. Um, that you get from the soccer camp, from soccer. Yeah. 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 Field. Awesome. So one of the things I started doing with the dots is dot to dot. So mm-hmm. I'll say, you know, what's your favorite number or what's your favorite letter or animal or whatever. I try not to say animal because the young ones will make me draw something with a dot that I can't but, yeah. and make it <laughs> draw it with the dots. And then they have to play dot to dot. Okay. Oh, we're not we're like good. an eight is your figure eight. So that's easy. Oh. But I mean, even if they did a two or even if they did like oh, a four yeah. is hard. Oh you know, yeah. Four is really be, hard. Four is really hard. You got to go all the way up. You got to reverse. You got to do a turn on the, on the haunch twice yeah did wow you, did you visualize that and, like, actually <laughs> let's be real all of us could work on the f- number four with dots let's be yeah. real. Yes. That's, that's amazing maybe i should go home and work on those yeah, this is really good i think that's going to yeah. be our next lesson is how do we do that yeah, wow. that four thing. yeah but yes. you got start stop halt re- ring back turn on the haunch <clears throat> left awesome. and turn on the haunch right all fun. Ah, oh, Angela, fun. You're, this is why Angela's on the show. This is because she thinks of these things. We, we, and, and we I, don't have enough time today, but we need to bring her back, and we got to get well, all these ideas so out we're of your bring head back and, and get you more, We're going to get you some more ideas off of you. This is fantastic. <laughs> but um, yeah. now you can see the, the type of person that needs to be teaching your kiddos, uh, not Philip and I, until they're older. Now, I, I have seen Angela's. I, I have worked with now a group that for about eight years, and now they're all graduating, and she, Angela has a new group coming. But, you know, it's just so fun to see them develop and, and see how they've developed over time. So, Angela, thank you so much for your time tonight. You're There's welcome. actually a big Pony Club rally today. She, I, she, I snagged her from, yep. she took a big, a big group down. Um, but Angela, if our listeners have any more questions or have some, need some ideas for their kids, how do they find you online? They can go to ariadihorse.com or they can find me on Facebook. We have two Facebook pages. One is Ariadi <clears throat> Equestrian Services and the other is the Ariadi Pony Club Center. Um, and they can find me either way right there. Uh- Awesome. Angela, thanks so much. And we will definitely have you back on with some more ideas. These are fantastic. You're welcome. Have a good one. Well, uh, she, Angela is just, she can see she, her, her creativity and her joy for teaching little it's ones. Kind of is inspiring, infectious. right? Yes. It's kind of, you know, at the end of that, I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I should, you know, pick up a junior <laughs> here or there, but then, yeah, but it's, it's not, it's not my style. You can probably, everybody already knows that. Yeah, so. we, we know that. Well, so we I will be honest. Great junior she, teachers. And, and, yeah, yeah, she's great. Like, and she, she broke my fear. I used to be scared of juniors because I was like, what am I going to teach them? Uh, but I'm lucky because I do go to her barn and, and she, and they know. So I don't have too much of a fear of teaching juniors anymore, which is fun. So that was awesome. But right after this commercial break, we're going to hear from Erin Woodall uh, and she's from the United States Pony Club. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Are you worried about digestive disorders such as colic, diarrhea, and ulcers making your horse sick? Try adding Nalox Advanced to your horse's diet. The ingredients in Nalox Advanced support a healthy stomach, robust microflora populations, and normal gut function so digestive disorders become a thing of the past. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of all ages to maintain a healthy gut and reduce the risk of ulcers, diarrhea, and colic. Why take chances with your horse's well-being? Start your horse on Nalux Advance today. Well, tonight for our junior show, I'm so excited to have Erin Woodall. She is the Director of Activities and Events for the Pony Club. Welcome to the show, Erin. Thanks for having me, you all. It's a great, great time. 
We are very excited because, you know, again, we're kind of talking about, um, you know, how do you get your kid involved in dressage or, you know, just involved in general. And we just had a great interview from Angela um, Ariati from one of the Pony Club centers here in Kentucky. So, Aaron, tell us a little bit about what you do for the Pony Club and just in general, a little bit about the Pony Club. Okay. So, um, what I do for Pony Club is I actually help organize um, several of our large events and several of our smaller events. So I help organize championships and our annual convention and equine symposium that includes a lot of educational workshops. And we actually have Pony Paddock for our younger members and then different sessions for the 14 to 17 year olds. Um, but I also help organize our international exchanges. We actually have a team of five members between the ages of 13 and 15 going to Great Britain to compete in international mounted games this year. And then we have, we are hosting uh, a tetrathlon exchange where we're hosting members from Canada, Great Britain, Australia, and Ireland this summer in July when we are at Tryon for Championship Feast. Wow. How cool. So t- tell me uh, how how it gets organized in doing all of these big things while Pony Club is still also involved on a very small grassroots scale. How, do, how does that, all of this get handled? So, so Pony Club is configured. Um, we have the overall national organization, which is where I work, it's based at the horse park. But then we have about 500 individual clubs across the entire U.S. We actually even have clubs in Great Earth, clubs in St. Croix, Alaska, Hawaii. You know, you wouldn't really expect to have a whole lot of horses in Hawaii. Um, But each of those clubs are grouped together. They are administered by local volunteers. 95% of what happens within Pony Club is all volunteer-driven. And then the clubs are loosely gathered into regions, and then the regions form the national organization. So currently, actually, this week, I happen to be involved with helping the Mid-South region, which is hosting their mega rally at the Kentucky Horse Park. And so far, yesterday, we did show jumping rally, where we had, I think, about 40 competitors come and do three show jumping rounds. We had everything from probably eight-year-olds upwards, you know, Pony Club encompasses all ages now. And then we did D1, which is our little bitty, teeny, tiny kids today. (laughs) And then we um, had the D2, D3 rally. And so those kids actually do dressage and stadium, and they will be doing cross country tomorrow morning. So the clubs and regions have their local competitions. And then as the kids progress through, they then go on to championships and some of the larger national or international competitions. Wow. So this is just a basic question, but how do you, how would you go about finding a pony club in your area? So we have a great resource on our website. And if you go to ponyclub.org or uspc.org, And on the left-hand side, under the drop-down bar, there is About, and then there is Find a Club and Center. And you can key in your city, your state, your zip code, and it will pull up for you, similar to a Google map, it'll pull up for you the closest riding pony club or riding center. And if there's not a pony club or riding center close to you, we always are willing to open up new clubs if someone is a horse person who's interested in the curriculum. We have a lot of educational materials that we provide to members and leaders. In and terms I think, of, no, I was going to ask you, Aaron. No, I was going to ask you. That's a really good question because the Pony Club Center, is that a relatively new program? The Pony Club Riding Center is, I think, about 15 years old, and we actually absconded the idea from Great Britain. They started it. And so traditional Pony Club has been that um, you had to have your own horse or pony to participate, or you had to have access to your own horse or pony. And we know that horse ownership, especially in the United States, has changed. And so more people are taking lessons 
at riding facilities and boarding facilities and doing lessons in that fashion. So the riding center is that model where people may not own their own pony, but they take lessons and have access to it and still can compete in pony club programs and work through the certification process, which is similar to Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts, where they achieve different levels showing their skills. Fantastic. Well, I love it, Erin. Well, thank you so much for coming on and kind of talking to us a little bit about Pony Club. If people had some questions for you, how would they find you online? Uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me is emailing activities at ponyclub.org. And, you know, I, I can send them in the correct direction wherever that may be. I, th I love it. Well, I think there's a lot of questions out there and trying to figure out, you know, where your kid goes and how you place them. And uh, I even know in, in, in the Lexington area here, or this sort of central Kentucky, we have multiple clubs. So, you know, I, I wouldn't know necessarily as a parent coming in where to go. So I love it. Well, Erin, thank you so much. And it's such a great resource we have in the United States. And uh, I think people really should use it because it's a great program. So thank you so much for coming on. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Phil, we've got, we're going to finish our first level test three for our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week, but we've got some cool stuff. Um, we actually had a listener question ask us about this. So tell us, Phil, how does the shoulder relief girth uh, improve saddle fit? Well, basically, I mean, we need to maybe describe the shape of this girth. It has a little bit more of a um, a U shape mm -hmm. where the girth goes so that it puts pressure more towards the horse's, the front of the horse toward, on the horse's chest. Mm -hmm. And what it does, it U shapes back from that point um, to where you would attach it to the saddle. What it does, it's going to keep the, uh, the girth pressure or the girth from sitting forward um, on the horse's elbow, but still ap applying girth pressure to the correct place on the horse so that it doesn't, it's not back on his belly and, and making the horse uncomfortable. So I think that, you know, that that wonderful design is what gives it its uh, fit. And it, it does two things. So it holds the, the horse's saddle that you're riding in in the correct place. Mm -hmm. And it also allows for the horse to move without knocking the girth. In traditional mm -hmm. straight girths, well, you'll find that it'll rub uh, maybe sometimes on the elbow or it'll prevent the horse uh, from giving you that full range of motion, you know, from the leg and, and from the shoulder. So that's why it's called the shoulder relief girth. But I think the best part of this design is not the, you know, the shoulder freedom, but actually the, the saddle fits better and stays where it should. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that probably happens because, you know, it's not pushing, you know, the horse is not pushing the the girth back and then therefore the saddle falling back it stays up where you want it to so that you're going to be in good balance the saddle sh you know has to be in the right place that's all the design of the saddle is like it, it's meant to be in the right place so you're riding in the right place on the horse's back and therefore the horse has a freedom to move and do all the, the great things that you're going to be able mm -hmm. to achieve so yeah I, i'm not sure we've ever really gone through yeah. the discussion Why? about the the shape and the and the fit of that so we wanted to bring that to our listeners today and kind of the the theory on how it's designed and how it works. Right. And you can always find more information on totalsaddlefit.com. Uh, and Justin at totalsaddlefit.com is great. And he can go more in depth on on the whole shape and design. He's, pre he's very cool. He's been on the show lots of times uh, and he does a great job. So we hope that helps. Well, Phil, so for our trainer tip of the week, uh, last week we started, we're on this series, we're going through the third test of every level um, because it's qualifying season now. And um, so we are, we were working first level test three. Uh, so we've already gone through the trot and the walk work. Um, and so we uh, cut because these segments kind of get long once you and I get, get it going. <laughs> yeah, we, split, we split them in half. Yeah, yeah we, we split, split them in half. They're too long. We talk too much. Yeah. We do. We talk a little too much, and we hope you guys are okay with that. 
But so, um, so first level test three, we've already done the walk, uh, which is really important. And then, so we're on, if you're following along on the test, we're on movement 11, which is H working trot, C working canter right lead. And um, I think this is actually, it is, it, it's actually a rapid fire transition. I that's what we call it when we start doing, because the movement 12 is C circle right 15 meters. So it's the first time you're going to be asked to do things pretty quickly and it rides really quickly. Um, so it's the first time it's two, six movements, upward transition and rapid succession. So I think a lot of people get, you know, get nervous by the fact that all those are happening. So I think it's really important to think of them kind of a separate entities. That's what I found with my students is if I read that whole passage, they go, oh my gosh, that's so much to think about. So I say, okay, first get a nice quality trot transition. Uh, then you have 10 meters or a little bit more by the time you make it through the turn, um, 16 meters actually. But um, so you have a little bit of time to get ready for your canter transition. And then as you do your canter transition, you need to be positioned for the circle, but you can pick up the canter and get ready to circle. You have a stride or two to, to do that. Um, so that's what I do. Phil, what do you do? I really emphasize and talk about doing things rather early than, you know, yeah. I always say better early than late. Mm -hmm. So um, let's talk about, let's go back to the free walk a little bit. Mm -hmm. That horse has to be marching in the free walk. You can't go from a lazy... Um, slow poke kind of free walk and then and be able to do this movement so okay let's get your free walk going all right then pick up the reins a little bit early otherwise you're going to be a little bit late in your um, transition to trot so you should be picking up the reins as you approach the letter s not after mm -hmm. not at before so that s is your medium walk it says it but people uh, hardly are organized by the time the letter comes around at s so Let's make sure that's going to happen. All right. So S um, to yep. H, you got a really, yep. you know, forward pace going, really thinking about energy because before H, I want to be trotting. So a stride yeah. before, I'm not talking about like 10 meters before or whatever, but just kind of think, okay, I want to make that transition early. Now I've got a little extra time. I'm going to trot through the corner with good energy, right? Again, mm -hmm. you know, if you pick up this slow poke trot, you're not going to get the canner. So everything's yeah. about setting the tone of uh, really good energy, really forward idea, you know? Forward uh, is a state of mind is really important. Yeah, it's good, right? Because yeah. you'll get caught if you don't. It's not. Very good. So, um, you got, so you got yourself a, a good working trot going, lots of energy, and then you go ahead and pick up canner. And, mm -hmm. and again, like I always say, better early than late, like, don't wait around because at C, you've got to be turning on that 15-meter circle. And so you've got to have the horse, if you're really good and really smart, you're going to have that horse positioned a little bit in a, a bit of a shoulder four or you know a shoulder in position so that you can pick up the canter. You've got your bend established and you've got your shoulder already established a little bit off the track. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a judge in the world that's going to mind the, you know, a little bit of correct positioning to get to make the whole thing a little easier. If your horse is a little bit too straight or a little bit looking at the judge, you're not prepared and you're not going to be able to get this turn. And that's so, shoulder four, basically. That's what you're describing is a little yeah. bit of a shoulder four position. Shoulder yeah. four. So, the, the yes, yeah, so the shoulders are a little bit off the track, ready to turn as you're picking up the canter, kind of all mm -hmm. in one thing together. And, you know, like we always say, this is going to be successful if you practice it. And if you practice it. Yeah, it's just it trained. Train this. With, yeah. You practiced it with these details in mind. That not just kind of doing it and doing it and doing it. If it's not working, you've got to figure out, okay, I need to come back. I need to think this through. Maybe I need to go home and draw it out on a piece of paper. You know, what are the things I can do um, positioning-wise for the horse to allow this to happen a lot easier? Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. So then we go into the length and uh, after we've done our 15 meter circle, M to P length and stride and canter P working canter. What's interesting about this is um, I'd have to look back again, but this it's a separate score. Your transition is a separate score. Um, so it's expensive if you blow past P and your horse doesn't come back. And I agree with you, Phil, this is also a movement you should be training all the time. Uh, obviously, the judge is really looking at straightness in this lengthen. 
So you have to make sure that the horse is straight, that the horse isn't getting, isn't running away with you, but there needs to be intent. That the horse is going forward. I think that's really important. I think people will say, oh, I got conservative and I really thought they were going. And I'll say, no, they really weren't. <laughs> you really need to go <laughs> yeah, forward. You have this videotaped, you know. Yes. If you don't <laughs> like, have oh. eyes on the ground all the time, but you then, you know, videotape it. You got to realize, you know, sometimes what you think is happening is not happening. So Yeah. If you're going to do anything, overdo this movement a little. Be a little dramatic here. Take a little risk. Yeah, take a little risk. Go forward. The judge wants (laughs) to see you go forward, not sort of canter gently down the long side. (laughs) That's not necessarily uh, a good thing. And the classic thing for the horses to do, and this is almost all of them, is to, instead of going forward, is to just take their hind legs and put Mm -hmm. them a little bit to the inside of the track. Um. That's just how and them, the judge is right the behind you. Put together. Yeah. yeah, they want to be there. The so the shoulder with, four. Uh, not enough yeah. canter, and then the horse is a little bit in this travair position Correct. by the time you get to be P, and then you ask the horse to come back, and if the horse is in travair and you ask him to come back, he will trot. <laughs> she will trot. trot. Or some sort of random lead change or some sort of yes. situation. You will have problems. So yeah. um, <laughs> when you're going forward, it's go forward, take a risk, but stay straight. Yeah. Keep that hind leg on the outside of the wall. So I actually tell the riders a little bit at this level, it's okay to take the sh- take the horse a little bit away from the wall so that there's room on the track for his hind legs because um, everybody likes to kind of hang on the wall a little bit. But if you think about the horse's structure, most of them are built that the shoulders are a little more narrow than the hind legs. So right. if your shoulders are against the wall, if his outside shoulders against the wall, there's not room <laughs> for the hind in. legs as well, right? Yeah. The horse so. is coming in. Yeah. <laughs> and also that shoulder four, you can start to see a yeah, theme here. Yeah, shoulder four is a good idea. You yep. know, I always, um, in my mediums, drive from my inside leg a little more than my outside leg. I put that yeah. pressure, um, you know, a little kick on the inside leg. So I always think about my inside leg being more of the go leg and the outside leg being the balance leg. Just like yeah. your reins, right? Yeah. You know, your outside rein really balance the horse. That. Your inside rein is only responsible for bending and then re- relieving pressure and just giving, right? So. I love it. Good. I like that. So then you go, um, this is a little bit of counter canter. KXH, one loop, maintaining the right lead. This is a double score. So this is important uh, because it's expensive. So it's the first time you see a little counter canter, huh, Phil? Yeah, this is a, this is a movement that you see ridden um, differently depending on yeah. the riders. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, there's lots of interpretations of this movement. Yes. The easiest mm-hmm. way to do this and to be able to maintain your lead is to um, ride. Don't ride right to X. Ride to the center line a little bit before X, so that you have maybe three strides on the center line straight, and then get yourself back towards the wall. If you ride it like a V, because it's direct, like the direction is like a V, right? It's um, it's a loop. It's a loop. It's a loop. Yeah, right as a loop. loop. So we've already ridden loops in training level. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same same pattern. It's the same pattern. So the horses sort of know it. Um, But I find this is also the same uh, in preliminary test B in the U.S. Because I happen to to be working that test because I have a lot of people going to the event this weekend. It's the same movement. So one of the things you have to be careful, I found, is that you need to look at the marker uh, that you're going to. So I think people get their head down and start looking at X. And in this case, you really need to be looking toward H, which is the end of the line. Because I think people look down or they look at X and then they try to go back to the wall. And especially the event horses that at that level, they do know a little bit about a flying change. Uh, That can sometimes happen. So you need to keep your position inside leg at the girth, outside leg behind the girth, and have your hips and your eyes guide the horse a little bit. So there's not a kind of a quick back to the wall. Because that's where yeah. I, I typically yeah, that, find. That, that quick turn is where you're going to get yeah. all, all of your problems, <laughs> whether you're going to trot or um, do a flying change or, you know, whatever. Um, so make it a smooth loop mm-hmm. and don't do any dramatic bending. No. So when you're coming away from the wall, you should not have your horse's head cranked way to the side. And when you're going back to the wall, you should not try and turn the horse's head and neck back towards the wall you know it's the the head and neck and shoulders should all stay sort of in the same alignment mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, 
So, you know, a little bit of canter straightness is important here as well. So we don't want to see the horses. So when we talked about the trot loop, we do a little bit more of uh, dramatic bend changes. In canter, you have to maintain the lead. And one way to really screw your horse up is by, you know, having his head way right and then way left. Yeah, that won't work. Keep it soft, you know, in the middle of the show. The head should stay uh, in canter in the middle of the shoulders. Um, Any dramatic pull on the rein or, or, you know, you have to do this movement from your legs your legs and your hips and your seat. When you do that, the horse can maintain his balance. When you don't do yeah. that, it's not going to work. You have problems. Yeah. Yes. This, is, this is the first sort of question where you're saying, can the rider um, direct the horse away from the wall and then back to the wall with legs and seat and hips? That's, that's what this question is really asking. Yeah. So yeah. if you really work on that, then then you'll be able to do it. And again, um, as always, we return to the base of the pyramid, which is rhythm. And mm-hmm. so the, the last thing I see, which it can be quite dramatic, is changes in the horse's size of stride and rhythm. Yeah. And when, when we get those big changes, then you're going to have mistakes as well. Yeah. So you really, you know, get, get sort of a good energy going in your canter. Because if the horse is going to trot, he's going to drop out of canter. And if the horse is going to do a flying change, he's going to probably speed up. So... You can prevent both of those things. That's by a good way to say that. I never thought about it that way, Phil, but that's a really good. Actually, you're right. I, you're so smart. Yeah. Sometimes. No, I agree. Sometimes. I agree. I've been working tests these days, Reese. I, yeah, I, I hear you, my friend. I was riding this one a lot a couple of weeks ago. So, <laughs> you know um, this maintain one. Maintain rhythm. Maintain the balance. That's the left-right straightness balance. And, and you know, right for you know, right forward. Don't mm-hmm. let them slow poke through the middle here. And, oh, uh, yeah. oh yeah, no, no doing a V. A V is not right. No, not, a V is not right. Loop. It's a loop. It's very yeah. specific that they want a loop. It says one loop maintaining the right lead. So, um, we've gone through the loop. Now, I think this becomes important because you have MXK change rein X change of lead through the trot. So that change of lead through the trot is three to five steps. But what I find the most here is number one, you really have to ride your short side. Uh, because they're coming off the counter canner and they're usually, they're doing first level. They're relatively green in the counter canner type yeah, situation. So there'll be a little bit unbalanced unbal- yeah. there. Right? So and the use rider your may short be, side. Yeah, maybe thrown to the wrong seat bone mm-hmm. or may have hip forward or may have, you know, all these things. You need to use your short sides to clean all that stuff up. Yeah. So it's the agreed. positional things, right? The positional things and the balance things. You need right. to be, uh, the short sides are not. You know, just to get around the short sides through all tests, training level through Grand Prix, or is is uh, re- that's where the real riding occurs. I, I like to yeah. tell people. Like, yeah, agree. The movements are easy if the real riding is occurring is around okay? the short side or in the in between yeah. pieces. So, get yourself gathered up, get your balance back, get ready for the next movement. Right. And, you know, here's where your inside leg's at the girth. So your inside leg is is active there and your outside leg's going to be slightly behind the girth. Uh, And as you go to trot, that's going to change. So what I tell people is three to five strides is actually a pretty long time. You know, it would be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Five would be a lot, but you have three to five. That's what you have. But you do have time to get yourself centered, get your horse into a nice balanced trot, into a nice balanced canter after a half halt or two. So take your time. And as you go through first level and training level, you know, you go from in training level test three trotting at X and then you don't canter for a while. And then in first level, in the beginning first level uh, test, you trot at X and then you will canter at the corner marker. So you at this point should be relatively set up to be able to do that change of lead through the trot. So um, in the sense of your horse should be pretty balanced and understand. But again, this is one of those movements that you, you need to practice. This is important to practice yeah. this one. Yeah, the, so, the, tip I, the tip I use and I tell people is, you know, if you're coming in on which lead on the right lead mm-hmm, coming in on the right yeah. lead, then when you trot, you will be slightly leg, slightly, right? Slightly no drama, leg yielding from your right leg. As you come to trot, then your inside leg switches. Yeah. So that, that left leg will come forward from its position in canter. Its position is a little bit back, you know, so it will come forward and then it will start applying the pressure. So you will be starting a very slight, leg yield from your left leg as you're trotting and then you can bring the right leg back into its canter position and the horse will hopefully you cross your fingers and you train Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) 
be cantering on the left lead. But if you if you pull on both, that's what I hate to see. Pull on both reins and then kick on both legs. You have no idea what lead you're going to get, and you have yeah. no uh, balance from your inside leg to your outside rein. Yeah. So and prepare the horse for the new prepare, lead. Yeah. And the other thing is make sure that you've engaged your core muscle, right, as you're coming down. Because a lot of people, especially in first level, that's a they're sitting the trot or need to sit the trot. And um, the horses maybe aren't as through and they're a little bit bouncy. And then you pull back on both reins and, oh, boy. So you want to think that you're going to gently sit in the saddle. You're going to do your little yield or your little bit of a leg yield to the outs- the new outside rein. And then you're going to go from there. So. I like it. Yeah, you do. It, this is a that, because you can't do rising trot as you're asking for canter. So mm-hmm. there's exactly. no rising steps in no. this in you this change it. of lead. It's sit, 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 and you're off again in canter, right? Yeah. And so yep. if you don't have that core strength and you haven't worked on your sitting trot because you don't yes. have to in first level. Uh, yeah, but first or uh, second one's coming cl- soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're preparing to move up, right? You should, right. you know. Um, be thinking about, you know, what's the next level and starting to train a few of that second level, some of that second level stuff. So work on it, right? Yeah, work on it. Exactly. <laughs> work on it. Well, Let's great. It. So Phil, so then we kind of go back and now we're going to do everything on the other lead. We're going to do it all in the left lead. So we've got the, uh, you movement 16 is MXK change rain X change of lead through the trot. Then um, you're going to ride through a very good corner for us. In movement 17, you do a 15-meter circle at A to the left. Um, so, again, we, we talked about it. Everything we talked about to the right will apply to the left. Yeah, I mean, this is a bonus because you're not asking for the canner as you're turning on the yes, circle. Yes, it's easier. So this one's a little easier, hopefully, yeah. right? Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, so you should have a better, like if your shape was not good on the first one, clean it up, ride it well for the second 15-meter circle here. Um, exactly. Yeah. And then you go into the lengthening, right? So the same thing applies. And I liked how Phil said, you know, think about keeping the shoulders a little bit off the rail so that the haunts have a place to be. I thought that that was a great way to think about. So again, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 See, I'm learning stuff too, Phil. Positioning. That's- yeah. Positioning is so important. You know, it's not, it's sort of uh, implicit in first level, but then we get to second level and then they tell you, you got to do shoulder in. Okay. Now here you got to do travel, right? So, um, you shouldn't be too far away if you're. Yeah, if you're, shouldn't be too far away from being being able, or at least knowing the tools to be able to place the shoulders a little bit to the inside of the track. Right. Exactly. So then we're going to go for that lengthening. You're going to be really bold. You're going to be really bold in the transition back for that movement 19. Uh, then we go in movement 20 is one uh, HXK one loop maintaining the left lead. So the same thing applies to what we just talked to on the right. Um, really watching uh, that you don't write a V and that you have the positioning correct, but not over positioned in this particular case. Um, and then... It's tricky. I mean, every horse has a, a better side with this. Right. Yeah. So, you you know, you got to plan it out. If, if your horse has uh, a difficult time on one side, then ride the loop um, kind of with with more a little bit more shallow loop on one side than the other um you know when we're developing towards this test when when i begin you know teaching a horse about this loop and about counter canter you know um in the training i start by just going to the quarter line and back and then i work my way out towards the center line and back right it's and uh you know just through practicing and being really reliable and thinking about these things rhythm and straightness balance and all that You'll get it. It's it's just it's yeah. Hard it, this just takes time. It's a really big jump, you know, from test two to test three. There's some yeah. really tough questions here. So, but that again, that um, loop is is pretty mainstream. I mean, it's in the eventing test and it's in the yeah. in the open yeah. technical it's, it's, test. It's, so it's a good question. Yeah, it's a great. It's a question. good question. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good question, and and how I think we both uh, you know work and start counter canter. So. Um, then we've got some transitions. So you've come off that one loop, and we talked about it to the right. And as you come off that loop, you're relatively unbalanced typically. So movement 21 is a working trot. So you've got to come around that corner and be pretty balanced. So you ride an uphill downward transition to trot at A. Then um, you go FXH, change rein, lengthen, stride, and trot, and H, working trot. So, Phil, you just showed this, and I showed this all last year with my youngster. Ooh, by the time you're getting there, <laughs> it, you've, you've asked them some questions. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And so, I mean, you're not done. So don't, no. you know, don't take a break here. No. <laughs> um, that, that core engagement that we talked about being fit enough to be able to make this, this is where this, your core is going to be really important because even if you're, um, you're rising, you know, 90% of this test, you need yeah. to be able to bring him back from canter yes. and really engage your core to get a proper trot. Yes. So, you know, sit a few strides, sit through the, sit through the short side, sit through that corner. And then when you're ready to go on your lengthening, you can rise. You can pop it. But that horse needs to be really, really, really balanced towards his hind quarters or else you're going to get a lengthening that looks something like a run on the forehand and possibly <laughs> going back to a canter. break. Yeah, a break because they're getting tired too at this point. So you've got to be be careful that you're ready to keep them uphill and ride the transitions. Um, and then, you know, get into the corner, ride a nice short side. Um, yeah, if you, yeah, if you can get your horse looking directly, you know, at the corner, you can mm -hmm. use that wall a little bit to yeah. help to, to co collect or have the idea of collection for that horse. But if you allow your horses to do 20 meter turns... Yeah, and on the work. short sides at this point in your training, you're not he's, you're not helping him at all because he's just going to run through that corner. So yeah. do a few times like I I like to do a few times here where I come from canter, I trot, I face him in the corner, and I halt. Halt, yeah. Now, okay, or, depending or on your horse, case. maybe your horse is going to go straight over that little white fence. Yeah, especially, especially <laughs> the, the runners, you know, you Canada. point him at something like that. Yeah, but that you're sort of gives you the idea. The maybe yeah, maybe you do it at an indoor or whatever that. That he must listen to you, or she must listen to you, um, when you ask for that half halt. You know, you got all that energy coming from the canter and all that momentum. You have to control it now. You have to use your core. You have to use your, you know, stopping aids and 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 let the horse respect you, because mm -hmm. if you practice this test enough times, they know that lengthening is coming. Yeah, and, so and they're going to run in their forehand. Start to run, 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 run through run your aids. So, yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah. So, yeah, use that short side. Use that tight corner. Make yep. it work for you. Don't don't let it fall. You know, don't let it ruin your test. So then you're going to ride a really strong short side, uh, and you're going to be half circle right ten meters. It is a half circle, not a square turn. There is a difference. That's a pet peeve of mine. And yeah. then X down center line. Ride a really straight and square halt at G, and smile and tell show the judge <laughs> that you wrote an amazing test. Yeah, I think this this one's a little G is a little difficult because it's right, right up there. there. It's a little intimidating to get to. Uh, we see the, the horse because too. you're going right up to the wall. Like you see the horses kind of um, waver left and right. So you got to have your reins short. You got to have your legs on. So you're saying, nope, we're just going to ride like like you're going to ride right through to that judge, right? Because you know normally you've done a lot of center lines. They're like, okay, do I go left? Do I? Go? They're looking to you. Do I go left? Yeah. And then we see a little bit of this back and forth stuff happening so you just have to teach the horse to be confident to stay in between you two eight you know your legs and your hands and to stop on a dime at g salute yeah don't forget to salute everybody is finished yes. these tests it's like oh i'm so glad it's over oh you know i'm waving at mom on the sidelines yeah. you just salute, <laughs> salute first you know? then yeah. do what you want i yeah, love it do whatever yeah, <laughs> I love it. Well, that was fun, Phil. Our second segment of our first level test three, and keep listening. We will continue going through these tests as we as we go through the summer. So we hope you enjoy. And um, that was our total saddle fit tip of the week. Well, as always, everybody, we love your email and Facebook shout outs. And we've gotten a lot of fun uh, calls and emails from everybody about um, our book club. When two sides <laughs> align, don't like forget. Your idea. Yeah, that's yep. great. Don't forget our book club. We're going to review our book the first week in July. So it's coming up. I am not going to lie, Phil. I'm taking mine. Uh, I'm, I'm heading on a little vacation. So I'm going to take mine with me and on the plane and, and read a little bit and be ready to rock and roll. Uh, so don't forget our book club, Two Spines Align. There's more info on our Facebook page and also on the Dressage Radio page. Uh, so we hope you enjoy it. And you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. 
Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com. My email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. And I also have a new Instagram page for Maplecrest Farm. So go check it out. Oh, man. I All know. Right. Well, the best way to find me is usually <laughs> on Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. And as always, keep your heels down and your shoulders back. We are off next week, so have a good week. And don't forget our book club book. We look forward to going through it (laughs) in July. 